1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. That's our beginning place. 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 through 3. The Apostle Peter wrote this to Christians who were undergoing adversity. He called them elect exiles, the elect of God, but scattered by persecution. Perhaps there was some thought in their adversity, their suffering, of putting spiritual growth on pause in view of the hardship. No. In fact, never put spiritual growth on pause. And this is part of what Peter wrote to the elect exiles. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now to that part that you already know a little bit about. In Amarillo, Texas, there is a well-known steakhouse called the Big Texan. At that restaurant, there is something offered by the owners called the Big Texan Steak Challenge. And here's what that is. If you can consume a 72-ounce steak in one hour, the meal is free, and your picture is taken and placed on the wall with others who have similar bragging rights. I bring that up to illustrate a point I'm going to make, not a recommendation or challenge for any of you to go to Amarillo. And this is a sermon of really one point. Consuming spiritual food to grow is a process. It can't be done in one meal. If you want a crash course in Bible knowledge that you can quickly move through and then be done, that desire will lead to frustration and it will not be productive of long-term spiritual growth. Sometimes people will ask me, is there a book you can recommend that will take me through the Bible? I think in our society there is a passion for quick results. Generally, we tend toward impatience as a culture. Maybe not all of us, but some of us, maybe most of us, if you experience a few seconds delay with your computer or phone, irritation might enter into your mind. We may be annoyed when we come to an intersection and that car ahead of us doesn't hit the accelerator in a millisecond they may be waiting for an email on their phone. 
We want fast food, quick fixes, no waiting time, and we want a book about the Bible that we can read quickly instead of taking the time to read the Bible. The big Texan challenge consuming the 72-ounce steak in one hour I think becomes a commentary on our times. Spiritual growth, however, is a process. We can't do it in one sitting or one meal or one event, even one event a week at a building. You begin when you are baptized. You never finish. Graduation takes place in heaven, not on earth. We are to be determined and diligent about spiritual growth all the time. Consistent in consuming the word God has given, yes, but with no pauses. If we get in a hurry, if we seek out spiritual growth shortcuts, of which there is none, or a crash course in overall Bible knowledge, and there's not one, if we are impatient, our growth may actually be stunted or incomplete. So, with that introduction before you, listen again. So, put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So we're going to go through these few verses and we're going to go through these verses with that one point in mind that spiritual growth is a process. It's not an hour meal. It's a process. So Peter said, put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. So I read this and I want to do this. It is part of spiritual growth. But how about this? I'll put this on my schedule. I have a slot on my schedule tomorrow at 9.30. In fact, I have a whole hour so 9.30 until 10.30 tomorrow morning, let me pencil that in, and I'll put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, and I'll be done for it, and by 11 o'clock, I'll be starting on that 72-ounce steak. Well, you immediately see how ridiculous that is. It just doesn't work that way when the Bible is your guide. And what a difference it makes when the Bible is what you use for your spiritual growth and your daily discipleship. So, malice is ill will. It doesn't develop suddenly on your schedule, so cannot be conquered suddenly on your schedule. Deceit is dishonesty. Synonyms would be deception, duplicity, fraud is a synonym. That's a term we use today. Now, deceit doesn't come into your schedule at 9.30. 
Deceit develops slowly and must be conquered gradually by being nourished from the Word of God. Hypocrisy isn't something that just popped up in your life in a specified moment. It is a decision, it's an ongoing decision to say the right things while living the wrong way. You conquer it, you conquer it the rest of your life. Envy is a selfish thought that you ought to have what others have. Well, that may come up several times in your life. You need to have already decided that you're going to conquer that and use the Word of God to continue the conquest against malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy. Slander is saying what you, what you don't know is true to damage, to exact revenge, or to create some sort of sensational news feed. These are habits of thought and practice that work intensely against spiritual growth. The devil wants us to think that all these things listed here in 1 Peter 2 verse 1 can be conquered on your schedule. They are conquered in your life by your commitment to God and the nourishment that you get here that can't be done in one hour, even one hour, at a building once a week. Even if you were baptized, even if your attendance is perfect, even if you give generously, even if you have impressive knowledge of Bible facts, these habits of thought and practice develop over time and must be conquered over time. God doesn't want any of this in our lives. And he expects us to guard against these thoughts and actions and put them away with lifelong effort. Lifelong effort. Perhaps you can eat a 72-ounce steak in an hour and get your picture on the wall and get the meal free. You can't conquer these bad habits in 1 Peter 2, 1, you can't conquer these bad habits of thought and action in an hour, a day, a week, or a month. Spiritual growth is a lifelong process. And if I think there is something here I've already conquered that I can just forget about, some part of this that I have defeated once and for all, maybe many years ago, I'm just wrong about that. I need to reconsider and review what the New Testament says about the ongoing, lifelong process of spiritual growth accompanied by honest and objective self-examination. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. Physical growth is a process. Spiritual growth is a process. How simple is this? You bring a baby home from the hospital. The baby is on formula or mother's milk, and then after a couple of weeks, you take the little boy to Amarillo for the steak? No. 
Nobody believes that. Nobody does that. Mature digestion doesn't happen overnight, cannot be put on a calendar, and the word grow in this verse really confirms that. Can I take you now over to Hebrews chapter 5? Hebrews chapter 5. The gradual process. The gradual process of spiritual growth is illustrated by the writer in Hebrews chapter 5. The writer is working with the connection between the historical figure Melchizedek and the high priesthood of Jesus Christ. And there comes a place where the writer pauses in that argumentation, knowing that his readers were suffering from stunted spiritual growth. So here it is in Hebrews 5, I'm going to start at verse 11, and I'm going to read into chapter 6, verse 3. About this, that is, Jesus being designated high priest after the order of Melchizedek, about this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Did I emphasize that? Constant practice, not something you can put on your schedule, constantly. Therefore, chapter 6, verse 1, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. It is constant spiritual growth, constant practice. There was teaching they needed classified as solid food, solid meat in some translations, but they were not ready to receive it because of delayed spiritual growth. So whether in 1 Peter 2 or Hebrews 5, the Holy Spirit wants us to know that growth is necessary, but it's a process, constant, it's gradual. Don't pause it, don't rush it, just be involved in it every day, patiently, and consistently learning, correcting your course. You've discovered what your weaknesses are. Go back and work on those. Make corrective adjustments the rest of your life, always with commitment to God, knowing that this is a lifetime process. Do you know that Jesus said something that we studied recently in the adult Bible class that goes to this? In Mark chapter 
4. It becomes a good illustration of what we're talking about. Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 29. If you're in our adult Bible class, you'll remember this. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. That's a process. You see it in agriculture. You can see it in what the New Testament says about spiritual growth. Seed in the ground, Jesus said, the blade, the ear, <coughs> the full grain in the ear, and the harvest results. Patient commitment to growth is the idea, not an overnight spiritual success. Back to 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 3. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. I believe this needs to be said. The Lord's requirement of growth is not punitive. He's not out to get us. Peter says the Lord is good. Now here's the corollary to that. The Lord is good. Everything he requires of us is for our good. He's not trying to get us. He is interested in our spiritual welfare in Christ leading eventually to the heavenly home. Our good while we are here and our everlasting good after we leave here. Some of you know, maybe all of you do, I was in the Army taking basic training at Fort Benning, Georgia in 1966, right in the middle of the Vietnam conflict. Basic training was rough. I know you look at me and say, how did he make it? I look at me and say, how did I make it? Determination. There was what was called a 30% failure rate, sometimes called a washout rate, 30% of soldiers who started wouldn't make it. They would quit. They would go AWOL or just not pass all the tests and meet the endurance standards. Drill sergeants were harsh and punitive and brutal. They worked to maintain that 30% washout rate. The purpose was to eliminate the weak, to get rid of those who were not advancing as quickly as the government expected. God is not that way. God is not punitive in his interest in us. His requirement of growth is for our good now and eventually there. And the apostle Peter makes the point, if you know who you're dealing with, Spiritual growth truly becomes a process. If you know who you're dealing with, spiritual growth truly becomes a process. 
if you have tasted the Lord's goodness. That's motive to grow. It's commitment to spiritual growth, not on your schedule, but for a lifetime. No pauses, no quick fixes. Daily commitment to do better. Accompanied by daily prayer and daily Bible reading. God's love for us is in no way exemplified by the typical drill sergeant. He's not a drill sergeant. He's our father. It isn't his purpose to see if he can break us. It isn't his hope that we will fail. He wants us to succeed in being disciples of Christ who are committed to the lifelong process of spiritual growth. So, put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now, I've got one more place I want to visit with you, and I'll be finished. But we are not finished with this topic. It's a lifelong process. But I've got one more place I want to visit. Look with me at the last verse in 2 Peter. Go to 2 Peter and find the last verse of 2 Peter. This is how Peter concludes his New Testament writing. He says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Now, while you're there, look at the previous verse, 17. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care. Take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. You see the contrast? Take care. Don't be carried away with error and lawlessness. Don't lose your stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I need to get up every day and resolve that I'm going to grow today more than I did yesterday. I will draw nearer to God. I will do better as a disciple of Christ. I will feast on God's word, not during one meal at the table or one meal a week at a building. It will be my lifelong commitment of nourishment from the word the rest of my life, accompanied by self-examination. If you know your weaknesses, you go back and try to be stronger to hear and do what the Lord requires. Next time... You are in Amarillo. If you stop at the big Texan steakhouse and you take that challenge and you win and you consume that 72-ounce steak in one hour, your friends are going to be surprised. Be sure and let me know because I've known a few to take the challenge 
but none to complete it. But let us never think that we can sit down to one meal at the table of God's Word, even if it's at a building once a week, and think of growth as consuming a meal quickly. Growth, just the Word itself, is never a one-meal deal or a one-time event. I need to get up every day and draw near to God and be a better disciple of Christ, a better servant of people, feasting on God's Word the rest of my life. Let's be standing as we sing.